you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here from Move the Sticks. Before you get to your episode today, here's what's coming up on our latest episode. DJ and I are going to break down what to look for in each preseason game, give you some nuggets that could help you, maybe even in your fantasy league. Doesn't matter who, which team you like, we will discuss them on the latest Move the Sticks episode. You can download it on iTunes. You can check us out on YouTube as well as NFL.com slash podcast. Going to the hurry up offense. Hi and hello football fans and welcome to the David Amishek football program as always presented by McDonald's. Go get some of those delicious new chicken McNuggets, 100% all white meat, no preservatives, no artificial colors, so on and so forth. I had some. You can watch me eat them if you need visual evidence of this. Me, Akbar Baja Biamilla and 20 Chicken McNuggets jumped into my car and we drove to the Coliseum to watch the LA Rams practice pro football you may have watched them on hard knocks earlier this week and uh and yes you can watch that Bartlett behind the glass where can everybody watch that it's a whole video show for the ddfp video consumer where can we see that Bartlett? that's going to be on nfl.com nfl.com it's a good website i've heard of that yeah i've heard of nfl.com all right let's jump into it but yes it's a full-on akbar and i go through south central we play football on the streets of south central that was fun then we go for the main event we talk to jared goff we catch up with one maurice jones drew the new radio voice of the L.A. Rams, we kibitz with some fans. It's great fun, all on video on a glorious Southern California sunny afternoon. Check that out if you would. Nay, I demand you check it out or shame the devil. All right, let's talk about football and otherwise. Joining me in Studio 66, before we bring in Jonah Carey, one of our oldest and dearest friends, for an extended conversation, two other pals, Handsome Hank and Patrick Claibon. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate it. Do we want to play yeah. Handsome's intro? No. I'm sorry. We're, we're, in the, it's, it's we're the pacing it up here. It is the hurry up. You're right about that. How are we, fellas? Couldn't be better. Do you feel that, I mean, my trip to the Coliseum legitimately, you know, round about uh, start August, you start to, to feel yeah. football and you start hearing all the talk and it, you start to get excited. But really, I had a visceral good feeling when I was standing on the sidelines on that grass That's awesome. watching the football. It was really neat. I almost got run over. It almost would have been great if you'd like invited one of us or both of us. Then we would have had that really great visceral feeling. But no, I'm not feeling that at the moment because I wasn't invited. Were you? I, I was not invited either, no. but I, I can't be mad because you, you, Dave has things to do. But speaking of the important the visceral, friends to hang out with, the, the visceral feeling, because people always ask because working in football for so long, it's like, oh, are you? Are you excited the season's about to start? Like, are you, are you ready to get back into work? And the analogy I, I like to use is, like, sharks swimming. Like, sharks swim and they eat, and it, it's time for us to eat. 
I oh I thought yeah, I was I worried. Can't. I I was worried for a second there. You were gonna do one of the things, one of my one of the the things I I like the least in people who do what we do, right? Which is complain about football. Absolutely, football. Not. and uh, I'm seeing people. Oh, this season's here. Oh, I better better take one last little trip here, little with the <laughs> with the misses because then oh, it's gonna be no, no, no. It's no. gonna be hell. You're not gonna hear that. I would from never, either of us. That's why we're that, here. That's you you understand. You talk about football right. for a living. Yeah. Right. Nobody at no point are you going to be asked to pick anything heavy up. Right. You know, <laughs> it's like you're you're just talking about football, fella. Don't don't expect me to yeah. uh, to to feel for you. Um, handsome. Before yes. we talk a little bit of football here, you saw the new Born movie. No one loved those Born or the the Born trilogy. The other one with uh, what's his name, uh, Jeremy Renner, was not even bad. That one was pretty good. Give me a quick review on the newborn picture. Okay, very quick. It's funny you mentioned the Jeremy Renner one because clearly um, Matt Damon's not a fan of that movie because they do not pick up. A, it's, it's that never happened. <laughs> so Jay, we joined Jason Bourne. His life has gone awry badly. He is now a, uh, a, a, a fights Algerians on the border in a dusty town. Turns up in a van and hit like his new life is he's fighting Algerian uh, muscle men with one punch with one punch and then the fight's over. That's how low he's sunk in in the world. But Jason Jeremy Renner was was uh, was like a sign. You know, he had he had everything going for him. Life was good for him. So they put that aside. But I don't know. Still don't know how Bourne sunk to these lows. It's like he's an intelligent man. You'd think he'd be able to find other work beyond um, punching uh, muscle men. It's what he knows. It's what he knows, right? But it <laughs> but it didn't it didn't make any sense to me. Anyway, it was like they took. I lo- I'm a huge fan of the original Bournes. Uh, they it's like they took all of that stuff and just made a sort of YouTube supercut. It was the camera didn't stop moving for two hours. <laughs> My eyes literally were bleeding by the but end. Even if you bring Matt Damon and, back and Paul Greengrass, yeah. who directed the, fi- the he, latter he does, two. He, d- he directs this one. Right, I know. It seems like, well, they should work, except that story specifically. So there's two where issues. Where would you possibly advance? Right. He's, he's there, still there upset. Is no, there is no. He, well, he's now he's now. I don't know. I, there was no story, so I can't comment on that. But it's uh, a theme in a lot of movies right. here recently. So you don't taken like that. Taken uh, exists. Really, your child is again kidnapped again. <laughs> At this point, it seems like it's your fault. Um, the other thing, I def- I definitely think that Jason Bourne. I think it would be fun for him to take a page out of Bond's book. So still have all those quick cut fights, but then look knowingly at the camera and deliver a very bad cliched line. <laughs> like, oh, he choked. <laughs> I just think that would be fun. I think it would be so incongruous for Jason Bourne's. To- Bourne was such a revelation when he made the scene, whatever it was. I think it was like 15 years ago. Yeah, which it was is sad, to, be- exactly. sad to remember. <laughs> which but is, yeah. he was, we've talked about it here on the DDFP. I think Bourne would win if you took if you did a fight of all the of all the movie characters in history and no guns allowed but you could use other weapons but no guns I think he would beat he- all Claybon how say you uh, we've we've had this discussion um, and I think it if I remember correctly it centered on whether or not Drago's enhanced nature made him ineligible Drago yeah Drago Drago, you mean the, the, the pugilist who was felled by Balboa in Moscow under the watchful eye of Gorbachev yes. who flipped on him? I still blame Gorbachev and the <laughs> gathered crowd there in Moscow. They have that fight on Christmas Day. They all gather to watch their their uh, national hero defeat the uh, the red, white, and blues um, latest. Uh, you, you would think he was going to be the, the, the meat that he was going to beat up just like he did Creed. He took Creed's life. Right. In an exhibition. Right. Creed shows up for an exhibition. He's a man of 72 years old, and, and Drago <laughs> kills him. Balboa is crossed, so he goes, years. well, maybe. But either way, Balboa goes out to fight him in Moscow, and halfway through the fight, the locals, the countrymen, flip on Drago and start cheering for Balboa. I would, uh, I'd be upset, too. I'd be, I wouldn't be able to focus <laughs> on anything. Um, handsome. I listened to our recent uh, our podcast earlier this week that we did with Ike Taylor. I encourage all listeners to go back and listen to that one. Nay, I demanded because it was highly entertaining. I thought we got it into some great time. stuff. Ike told some great training camp stories. He really did. And I training give you hand, handsome. You made 
at minimum, two really fascinating points along the did way. Did I? Yeah, that's right. At minimum. You did. That's amazing. I don't think good I've day. ever – I think that's that's a good day for me. No, it was very good. Don't be uh, don't be silly modest. But, uh, yeah, that was very good stuff. So go Can back – Can you remind and, me what they were? Um, you made one great point about RG3. You made some uh, – some, uh, uh, some, th- you, you shared some thoughts. I, off the top of my head, I can't summon okay. what they were, but they Not were – Not that good. But <laughs> no, they were really good, and in <laughs> fact – you know, I maybe no spoiler alert. How about that, Hanson? Yeah. Maybe I'm being a great showman. Okay. And I want people yeah, yeah. to listen to yeah, the people podcast. Yeah, you should listen to that for my great Yeah, podcast. go subscribe to it. Why don't you? Download it, make a comment, do all that jazz. I was on earlier this week with uh, with Adam Carolla, who was filling in for Dan Patrick on the Dan Patrick Show, and we were talking about the Olympics and the weird events, and it's weird, and I realize it's uh, a myopic American point of view. But isn't it weird that the rest of the world plays these games that we have no idea what they are as Americans? Wouldn't you think with all our channels and everything, we would know every sport known to man? And yet there's this glorious game, Team Handball. And it occurred to me watching it that we could, if we put our best athletes in the, you know what Team Handball is where they run, you know, the with the weird rules. It actually seems like it has no rules other than throw this ball that's about the size of a softball into a soccer goal, but otherwise they just hit each other indiscriminately and dribble it randomly. I feel like if we sent the NFL's best, if Cam Newton decided he wanted to play team handball, he would on day one be the greatest player in the history of the sport. True or false, handsome? I mean, I, I can't say I've watched enough team handball to know, but I would guess that, yes, I would get. I mean, he's, he's, he's one of the world's best athletes. It's not wouldn't be a surprise for him to fit right in there. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him more than a couple of days. I'm not gonna in- yeah, yeah. No, instantly not dump one. on the entire right. institution of handball and, and say he would instantly be the best. But uh, I think he would have a pretty good chance of being. Let's say I mean, but let's say that he I mean he would certainly you would think have the best arm in the history of the sport, and he's probably bigger or as big as anybody who's ever played, and he's probably as fast. He would, he would immediately like. What are the rules? Never mind. I'll score. I already scored four goals while you were answering that question. It's um, it, it it'd be something interesting to see. But you mentioned that we don't know a lot about these sports. Some some of them, I don't think other countries really know right. that much about either. I think they're <laughs> I think they're kind of globally obscure. Yeah. Something. Yeah, maybe I'm just assuming that uh, yeah that the rest of the world is off practicing these games while we it focus cool. in on our big four. Five. It'd be cool to have like a prime time Olympics because a lot of these I like the Olympics is fine and I I'm not gonna sit here and take a dump on on the institution of the Olympics but a lot of it like you say is things that I you know I I don't care about in the four years in between and really don't particularly care during this this two or three weeks but it would be fun to have like a prime time like you know you have all all the sort of eight or nine global major sports being played at one time in one place by their countries. That could be cool. What wouldn't be fun about that is NBC would play it at 3 o'clock nine in the hours morning later here after on the West Coast, and, right. and we'd already know what was yeah. going to happen, and there'd be literally no explanation. You should, you actually, I, I've seen you being pretty vociferous about this on, on Twitter. A friend of mine um, last year, uh, or last time the Olympics was on, made the same point. He's a, he's a pretty well-known journalist um, internationally. He was based here at the time. He got... Um, Seems he like got, he's anxious to drop the name, but he doesn't want to. No, no. I, well, his name is Guy Adams, if you want to know. <laughs> oh. He got banned. He, NBC uh, bl- had Twitter remove his Twitter account, like block his Twitter account so that he couldn't access it because NBC was so angry about the fact that he complained about the time shifting of of the thing so just That's, be careful uh, yeah I, I hope i don't get in trouble for saying sports should be live on television. yeah exactly <laughs> i well like we always uh, like i always say about the olympics they are sports television for non-sports fans right. they're produced completely differently i do want to talk about hard knock speaking of uh, sports programming let's get into it start the show <laughs> Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Yes, hi and hello, and welcome to the DDFP again, presented by McDonald's. And again, we appreciate you subscribing, uh, downloading, commenting. And on this day, go to NFL.com slash podcasts and track down the full video show of uh, our time at the Coliseum with Jared Goff, Maurice Jones-Drew, 
and the rest. Good times over there. Patrick Claibon. Follow him at Patrick Claibon. NFL? No, just straight up name. Just at up. Patrick Claibon. And, and at NFL UK Hank. And before we get to our pal Jonah Carey, who you know from MLB Network and beyond, doing a lot of great work there over the last decade since we first uh, we first he first came into our lives and uh, we fell very much in love. We'll have a rangy conversation there, real quick, fellas. Hard Knocks debuted earlier this week. Oh, excuse us, handsome. You got a phone call there. I'm sorry. Who is it, Guy Adams? No. <laughs> World famous journalist. No. No? All right. Claybon, what uh, what were your takeaways from the premiere of Hard Knocks? Uh, I'm hoping we get a little bit more. I, um, there wasn't a lot going on, but I, I feel like something is. Uh, something is coming that there's there's more excitement brewing. It was good to see uh, good to see the names and faces we know, and um, I'm hoping that we get some of those, like a, a Charles James character, mm-hmm. you know, so those guys that we haven't quite seen yet. Once I talked to one of the producers from films when I was at the Coliseum, and I said, man, you must be bummed that Chris Long is now on the Patriots because he's one of the most entertaining guys in the NFL. Handsome, what were your takeaways from uh, from the premiere? Well, Dave, I could uh, do what Patrick did and pretend, <laughs> pretend I watched it but didn't. But I watched Jason Bourne last night, so <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not. I mean, Patrick, I'm sorry for. Exposing no, that's cool. You, I, I like being dimed out. Uh, that was embarrassing, Playboy. <laughs> Why would you do that? I thought you understood no I, jive. What what do you get about the no jive policy? No, Dave, I said I'd like to see more. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what? It's a good. Technically, didn't you didn't lie. He didn't lie. Oh, you're right. You're yeah, right. So well, I'll try. Well done. Let me then. give it a go. <laughs> I mean, I thought that it was fun seeing the Rams now based in Los Angeles. I think I like to see how they have really acclimatized to their new situation and surroundings. And I was excited to see some of the big name guys that we wanted to see uh, on the television for the Los Angeles Rams. I thought that was that would be, yeah. that was my you, biggest you could, takeaway. It's on my DVR right now. I had to stay up late to. Finally, yeah. see the gymnastics that happened nine hours before that. So you could, uh, yeah, that that was uh, that was actually well played there. Um, yeah, you could say something like, "Hey, NFL films." They, they did just, it again. They always do great work, yeah. don't they? Yeah. They just really do great work. See, I, I'm just trying to maintain my employment, <laughs> and I didn't want I didn't want to admit to not consuming our products. That's uh, something that uh, if you're a newcomer to L.A. and you know there are a lot of people out here who are in the entertainment industry, and they and they will solicit your opinion of stuff of their latest work. You go see them play, do, do an improv class. You know, people at mid twenties guys, a lot of people. You have to hey, come see me do stand. And, uh, hey, will you give a look at my little short here? Will you read this uh, spec script or whatever? The answer is you have to get those down because you don't want to fracture relationships over your disapproval of their work. You just you landed on that one. Ask me uh, ask me how I liked uh, your script there. Hey, Dave, I, I wrote something. I, you remember I sent it to you a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, what, what can I say? You've done it again. <laughs> That's <laughs> how you What say. if it was my first ever script? <laughs> uh Hey, you know what you could really see coming through there? It seemed like you had a lot of fun doing this. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other one. I see you in this. Yeah. Or I look at this, I see you. Yeah. Those both work. Here's the one uh, legitimate football, th- or, or I don't know if it's legitimate, but I wonder. No spoilers here. Actually, from a human side of things, as it uh, affects the football decisions. If you're Jeff Fisher, and for that matter, Les Snead, you draft Jared Goff first overall. This is the conversation of the offseason. Now it's starting to feel like, and even if you didn't see Hard Knocks, at least Case Keenum's going to start the, the the first game of the season. And by the way, if you start Jared Goff, as I talked with him about uh, when we when we kibitz, the first game of his career the, that counts at least could be played on his home soil in the Bay Area against the 49ers. That's a lot of weight to put on the kid's shoulders. I feel like. But if you're Jeff Fisher, after 20 years, and you're you know these these desperate football fans here in LA, we want the Rams back, and we're going to be handed Case Keenum. Doesn't that feel bad as a fan? But if you're Jeff Fisher, don't you almost have to, given the rhetoric that fans all say about you know eight and eight and all that? Don't you have to try to start your best potential, the guy with the higher ceiling, which so right you get now, out of the gate right? Which is Case Keenum, right? Is now. it sounds like. Uh, I, I mean, it sounds like at the moment the guy who, who is, and this is 
you you hear it from in the quotes from all the Rams players, like Case Keenum is streets ahead of Jared Goff in terms of running that offense. And to your point, but if he can beat him out early in the 21st century, that's bad, isn't it? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. I mean, there was a point where they they've been they've been pretty consistent all off season. I get it. There's a lot of I, but everybody does that same dance about like, oh, we're gonna let, let him learn at the knee of the veteran, and then the kid always ends up starting. Case Keenum isn't a terrible, terrible quarterback. There are a lot worse options out there than than Case Keenum. Name one. <laughs> Name one who's starting. Mark Sanchez. I'm not talking about a right. bum third string. Guy. Trevor Simeon and Mark Sanchez. The Trevor two, Simeon. Both of them together. <laughs> the two-headed monster that the Broncos are planning on starting at quarterback this year. Clayton, how say you? Um, I, I think it's philosophy-wise, it depends on if Jeff Fisher is one of those people that believes if you play a quarterback too early, you can somehow ruin them. Like There's this alternate universe where Aaron Rodgers played early and somehow in 2016 he's not good now, right. which I don't personally believe. That, but I'm not a coach. I, I don't know if it if it actually matters. Um, but I'm with I'm with Hank. If Jared Goff can't quite run the offense and make it work, like don't waste a season of Todd Gurley. Because well, you're not going to have. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't, yeah, I don't, he doesn't. Jeff Fisher and Snead don't have the season to waste. Is the that, point. That's exactly my point. I, Jeff Fisher is on the. Well, he he'll, if they if they go eight and eight again, I think he's out. I think he's done. So wouldn't you definitely start the guy that forget it? Week one doesn't matter. I mean, he's not in the business of making memories for for Jared. Oh, it's well, you're playing your in your hometown. Let you know that'll never happen again. They're going to go do that again. I, I I'm pretty sure. About it's that. funny because a lot of people said though that he that uh, the Snead Fisher regime made the quarterback pick there. Because it extends their time there, then it just well. We, hey, listen, I, we got this kid. I don't we know gotta... if Stan Kroenke is is necessarily going to be like oh, okay. Well, yeah, all right, fine, you go for it. I but like they, they they play the 49ers, and the 49ers are going to be a bad team this year. If you're Jeff Fisher and you're looking to just pick up wins, he just needs to accumulate enough wins to probably get to nine and keep his job. You. you you take that win with whoever is going to is most likely to get you the win. Somewhere down the line, Jared Goff's going to start games, but I don't think it needs to be in Week One. Hmm. I the one thing I give Jeff Fisher credit for, and I feel course, like that might have been another good point. That was a sound Thanks, point, man. and I Very think good. also Thanks, that uh, uh, that's another uh, conversation is uh, who would be the better option there, Gabbard or Kaepernick? And just like we talked about RG three on the earlier show this week, it is just hard to fathom how good that guy was and wh- where he is now battling it out with Blaine Gabbard. If you fell into a three-year coma and just woke up, you would not believe. Right. Oh, did you hear the yeah, 40? Well, we'll see if Cap can beat out Blaine Gabbard. Wait, what? What happened to Blaine Gabbard? Yeah. He's in San Francisco, but, but Kaepernick can't beat him out? Exactly. Didn't they? When, when I fell into my coma, they got rid of Alex Smith so that Cap would be the revelation that he is has been when I fell asleep. Right. But Jim he was Har- taking him to the Super Jim Bowl. Jim Harbaugh loves him. Jim Harbaugh loves him. <laughs> well, on, no, I've got Jim. news for you on that one as well. <laughs> coma man, there's a lot yeah. that's happening. Jim Harbaugh's chasing the uh, – the. it used to be the Big Ten, but now there are 14 teams. <laughs> what? <laughs> what happened? But don't worry, Chip Kelly's on top. But they still Chip call Kelly? it – Well, why, why would they still call it the Big Ten? That doesn't make any sense. How many teams are in this thing? It's very confusing, but the one thing I tip my hat to Jeff Fisher on is that he kept that mustache. He stood by it in spite of changing fashion trends and follicle trends for fellas. He held on to that mustache like grim death, and now it has bridged into the return of mustaches. See, that's what you get. If you, if you stand by your guns, now the likes of Sully behind the glass there, 23-year-old uh, hipster guy, he now wears a Wait, mustache Sully's just a, like Jeff Fisher. Is Sully a hipster? No, I don't think you can call anybody who wears a shirt, a button-down shirt that is vented in the back to keep him cool what I like so most, he doesn't sweat. Right. What I like most about Sully is he's not a hipster. He's doing no, that. Right. That's just his look. Wait, Sully, Sully wants you to get it correct. He's not 23. He's 25. Oh, I'm oh. Sorry. Okay. Very good. Weathered. And also, he is still, uh, <laughs> just to repeat, he is wearing a button-down shirt that is vented in the back so that it keeps him cool so he doesn't get too sweaty. <laughs> He's going fishing. Right? He's going fishing later on the lake. <laughs> but he does have a Jeff Fisher mustache going for him. So, hello, hipster. That's uh, good news. All right, listen. Patrick Claibon, uh, handsome Hank, what a pleasure to see you both. Well, we're now not allowed to stick around while you're with your pal. 
no, I'd like you to clear out. Okay. Yeah, you know, guilt always, by association that, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. We understand. Good stuff. Um, and uh, and here he comes, everybody, one of our oldest pals in the world of podcasting and beyond. Here he comes. It's Jonah Carey. Dave Damashek. Well, this is a grand time for me here in Studio 66. He used to visit us via the telephone. When we were doing a podcast elsewhere, well, in fact, every stop I've made, I've always made it a point to track this guy down. He's one of the great talkers. In fact, you can experience that yourself by listening to his eponymous podcast. You see him making pages at CBS. You see him talking on MLB Network. He's all over. He's a he's a book writer of great repute. He is our old one of our very oldest pals, Jonah Carey. Oh, the extended version. <laughs> extended cut. <laughs> Hold on, I'm listening to his intro. <laughs> the great, the incomparable Dick Banks, the one-man house band with that uh, number, one of uh, one of the most popular from his uh, canon of songs. Jonah Carey, what's the poop, fella? To this day, that intro is much more popular than my actual show or me. I so I, that show when um, when I joined Grantland, they asked me to do a podcast, and I went to Rich and I said, "Hey, can I have the song?" He said, "Sure." Is there anything I could do for you? He said, "You know, just promote it or whatever." Are you sure? Like, can I take you out for a steak? Nope, that's all you need. Grantland, I took it there. Now the podcast is on the Nerdist Network, and there's been new audiences. Grantland was a new audience. Nerdist is a totally new audience. And they said, listen to this show. That guy's okay, but man, that is the best song of all time, and I will never get it out of my head. It is the biggest earworm of all time, in a good way. It really is, and uh, Jonah Carey, he's, he's a smarter version of me, but the reason that we connect is that he and I both had – I mean, some people might call it a bad habit, like Emma VP behind the glass would consider this a bad habit, but we both have uh, a sad predilection to get off the rails a little bit and start talking about uh, 138 different things besides the subject that we were supposed mm-hmm. to be talking about. <laughs> and this is where we first fell in love, was uh, kibitzing. Oh, Jonah, come on my podcast. Well, it'll be a 10-minute thing, and uh, an hour and <laughs> 20 minutes later, we would wrap the conversation of the best kinds of cheese to put on your uh, on your turkey sandwich and stuff like that the correct answer is turkey is an inferior meat i wouldn't bother with cheese because i wouldn't eat a turkey sandwich right out of the gate i don't like that <laughs> at all i like what what's nice is more and more you can find not the junk not the junk turkey that you get yeah. w- that your mom made when you were going to school now you can get like thanksgiving turkey that's what i call it thanksgiving style turkey i don't like white meat because it's too dry if you put dark meat in a sandwich that'd be fine but at that point i would just eat a drumstick what about pork pork's okay but I like the whole bon me phenomenon that now it's mainstream. Sign me up for that. Pork bon me, amazing. Well, see, now I've won you over. Yeah. Half a point to Two Jews talking about pork. To start things off here, and uh, yeah, there's a lot to kibitz about uh, here. And uh, like you say, MLB Network is where you can track them down, among many other places. Here's something I want. Let, let's jump to. By the uh, way, I'm going to have something to break to you about MLB Network coming up next week. I could do it right now if you want. All right, go ahead and do it. Next Wednesday. The Pirates are playing the San Francisco Giants, so it's Wednesday the 17th. I will be calling that game. No way! With Brian Kenny and John Smoltz and a dude named Mike Petriello, who's great, who works for MLB and is very statistically oriented. It is called Sabercast, and it's going to be very a statistically focused broadcast. Smoltz is Smoltz, obviously, but we'll be able to weave all that stuff in, and it won't be like hitting you with number, number, number. It'll just be context or whatever. I'm super excited about it. And it's well, the Pittsburgh Pirates of all teams. As you should be in muzzle tub to you. Thank Maybe you. we'll have some time to buzz about them, Buckos, the state of the Bucks in 2016. A little bit of a step back. But listen, we don't have to talk about that. Let's uh, let's talk about a couple things. Over the weekend, the Hall of Fame in Canton cancels its game. So that was a bit of a black eye, obviously, for the NFL, for the uh, state of the field and everything else. Ultimately, the right decision there. But Hall of Fame in the news for that reason. And then the 
I mean, the conversation, do we have to go through this again, whether or not A-Rod deserves to be <sighs> in the Hall of Fame because he's pseudo-retired now or the Yankees did the solid of retiring him for him? Either way, here's my idea, Jonah. Yes. And we can talk about it if we have to go down the path of A-Rod's, uh, whether or not he deserves it or not. And the answer is yes, of course he does. Um, you agree with that, right? Yeah, of course. The, I, in fact, I saw your tweet the other day that you said, like, oh, well, let the, well Mickey Mantle and his amphetamines should. Uh, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, everybody. Everybody yeah. looks for an edge in every sport. Babe Ruth didn't play anybody other than white Americans. And there wasn't even scouting. So it was like you would be on the field. Like, oh, you're you're white. You might be able to play second base. We're just going to make you second baseman. Also, by the way, uh, on his uh, list of uh, on his resume, I wonder if it, if he includes it. But Jonah and I, about five, six years ago, went to the farmer's market here in Los Angeles, mm. the the uh, the permanent farmer's market. I think market. it was seven years. I think it was 09. Is that, was that long ago? I think so. We sat there over afternoon beers, and I offered him a trade. Um, I offered to trade him a guy from the Pirates for, I think, somebody <laughs> maybe on the Montreal Alouettes or something like that. <laughs> I don't remember because he's a Montreal native. And from that uh, was uh, was born the League of Leagues. It would be great if you, instead of being a GM of one team, you were the GM for all that city sports teams. And so then we created off of that, what if we did a fantasy league off of that? And uh, several years later, it took a lot for us to get together, but uh, our pal Toby Mergler really did all the oh, yeah, uh, the nuts and bolts of, uh, I don't even know, building computer programs and such. I, you know, that's beyond me. But uh, anyway... He built the program, and now we have the League of Leagues. It's NFL, it's MLB, it's NBA, all three leagues, and you can trade between the leagues. It's great fun, although there are some issues with it, and we should talk about those as well. Yes. Anywho, um, so League of Leagues, and, and in fact, we just did a little NFL supplemental draft in which I acquired Theo Riddick and other exciting news. Like Zach Ertz! I had $1. Nobody bid. I bid $1 for <laughs> Zach Ertz. I had no tight end. Nobody wanted to outbid me. Ertz! No, Zach Ertz. You got Ertz. The Truth Ertz. That's my new name in my fantasy team. Oh, Joe. I love the puns. I, yeah, you do. And anybody who follows you on Twitter, <laughs> who's willing to survive, find some actually good tweets. Listen, my dad and 140,000 bots follow me on Twitter. That's how it is. Um, so here's the idea. We now need, I feel, it's, you know, these halls of fame, yeah. there's been too much, you know, there's too much moralizing. And, you know, like you say, Mickey Mantle was, uh, used amphetamines and uh, what, you know, all the Perry, all, spitball, all those, uh, all those different things. So it's, it's, it's a, this hit and miss sort of morality that's applied, not to mention guys like uh, Terrell Owens isn't in, he, Terrell Owens isn't, in the Hall of Fame because guys didn't like him because me because voters didn't like him. That's crazy. He wasn't nice to them, and so they didn't give him their vo- their vote. I, you know, I say we just leave all the Halls of Fame. Let's move them up to Mount Pius where they belong, and start anew. And let's be agnostic about the sport and. Let's leave the moralizing to the people up on Mount Pius and just evaluate who the best are. Hall of Fame, I don't maybe Hall for All, we call it. I don't know what. We'll figure out a name for it. Jonah Carey. Yes. Who is in the first class if we do a North American? Every sport? North American. The big four. Hockey too. Yeah. Okay. Obviously. Oh. Hot golf. Oh, well, do anything, golf. anything, any North American sport. Yeah. How or many? do we make it for the globe? Although that'll be a disconnect for Americans I, and people. You no, know, like, I couldn't. Biopic Americans won't versus, like it. Yeah. Okay. Let's stick to America. So what do we want? Ten, the inner circle is 10, 20. Let's say in our first group, we'll, we'll induct. What if we did it in groups of six? Who would be in the inaugural class? I'll, I'll tell you two to get you. So, well, go. You, you know, the obvious two. Yeah. If you think about it for any amount of time, Michael Jordan has yes. to go in and Muhammad Ali has to go in. Okay. Already. We got a hockey problem. Yes. The hockey problem, which you and I have discussed many times, which is that Gretzky and Lemieux are both superlative in every way. Do we leave one of them out? I think that if you want to stick to one per sport, you have to make the most agonizing of decisions. So we're going to table that for one second. Okay, let's set aside the 99 v. 66. I don't love the fact that Babe Ruth played before integration. I believe that today's players are much better, but he was also the dominant or one of the dominant pitchers of his time. Mm. That's the only thing. Because I'm inclined to say that Barry Bonds may be the best hitter of all time, but because he was such a good pitcher, I'm okay with Babe Ruth. And he's also... There's a certain amount of Ruthian stuff to Babe Ruth, so that's fine. So Gretzky and Ali and Ruth, I'm okay with that. 
wait a second, now 99's in all of a sudden when you sneak Uh-oh. 99 past me. No, uh, Jordan and Ali uh, and uh, Don't play games with me, <laughs> Carrie. I'm I'm tuned in to today, fellas. Listen, Gaston Jingra is in my Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, okay, so Ali, Jordan, and Ruth. Um, so we're putting Ruth in. I think it would make a good statement for what this Hall of All is about. Yeah. Is I, I I think if you put Barry Bonds in, I think that lets everybody know what <laughs> the score is. I'm not voting for no, it. I'm fine. just saying, but you know, is Barry Bonds – I can't reg- – Barry Bonds to me is – there's just not, not not ever been an equal to that as much as I loved watching Griffey play yeah. and, and Ricky Henderson was special and Clayton Kershaw and uh, sure. Randy Johnson for that five-year window and everything else. But the Bonds thing was crazy. I mean, there was just not – that you couldn't pitch to him or he was going to hit a home run on you. The thing about baseball – people have conversations with me about baseball, like why is Mike Trout not more popular? There's all these kind of surrounding questions about baseball. It's because it, you – it's very difficult for a baseball player to dominate the game. If you're in hockey, Gretzky or Lemieux control the puck. If you're in basketball, LeBron controls the ball. If you're in soccer, it's messy. You know, you, you can control it. Clayton Kershaw can only pitch. He has no effect hitting. And Barry Bonds comes up once every four times. He might hit in the seventh, and then he has no effect on the end of the game. Barry Bonds, despite that existence, dominated baseball. Like, he just... Anytime he was involved in an at-bat, it was that was the whole game was we're basically riding on that. He get a three-run home run like nothing. Did they ever? Did Willie Mays? Did Babe Ruth? Did they, anybody get walked with the bases loaded or with the bases? I mean, did that happen with those guys with any regularity? If the it way did, it did with Bonds, if it did, it's been lost to time. Yeah, Bonds was just the, the one year when he was walked 120 times intentionally not 120 walks 120 or sorry 120 just intentional walks that's unbelievable and his batting eye was incredible you know we talk about the walks and the home runs as being kind of the component stats but if you watch an individual at bat he just controlled the strike zone he stood right on top of the plate you could hit him too he would wear the thing on his which is legal you could wear the thing on his arm that was kind of bogus though a little bogus but you know what everybody uses gamesmanship and i could live with it and it would be an outside pitch and he could just swat it over the i mean i can there are a million bonds memories the two that stand out to me Two specific home run calls, maybe, or home run situations. One was he's in Yankee Stadium, and John Miller is calling it. I had John Miller on my podcast, and he is a peak. Ah. He's the best, the best. And uh, there, he, he comes to Yankee Stadium. This is peak Bonds. And here's a pitch. Upper deck, but, like, in .1 seconds. Hmm. And the, the the crowd doesn't know whether to boo or cheer or, like, can I swear on this podcast? No. No, okay. What, we can bleep you, though, what, if you do. What the heck just happened? You know, like, how did they just, like, wow. Like this crazy noise, and John Miller goes, "I just hit it to New Jersey," like as if nothing happened. And the other one was in the 2002 World Series. I knew I, this one was uh, was one of his great clouts. To the, actually, I'm going to give you a third one too. Before the Angels won, he, he's facing Eric Gagne in his prime. Eric Gagne was a beast, a beast. And by the way, he he was the executive producer and the money man of that movie that I was just uh, a part of. Is Facebook. that right? Yeah, Eric Gagne provided the money. Anyway, Eric Gagne would throw 98 with tail and whatever, and they're facing each other, and the Giants were down by two. Uh, but Gagne wasn't going to walk him. He's like, all right, you want to do it? You want to do it? And they're just mono mono. It's like eight pitches. And he hit it to straightaway center. And it was, you know, just this com- combination of forces, which was great. But the 2002 World Series, Bonds hits a home run to kind of right center, center. And you could see, if you watch on YouTube, you could pull it up. Tim Salmon, a great player in his own right. Tim Salmon's mouths, you could see it on camera. That's the furthest ball I've ever seen hit. That's fu- because I proclaimed the exact same thing probably as Tim Salmon was saying it. It was it was just some crazy clout. Um and uh and then a couple of days later I was in Angel Stadium with all the rally monkeys and yeah. thunder sticks or oh, whatever they called those God. annoying things and uh I remember watching what was his name? Scott uh, Spezio? Scott Spezio. Scott Spezio's lazy fly ball right up the right field line like well this that ball's not coming well oh it's out and then uh he might have taken a couple Anyway, um, well, we're not we're not we're not uh, casting not judging him. We're not ju- we're not judging. I'm okay with it. So we're back to our exercise. So we, we go in Bonds or Ruth. We'll go Bonds because we're going to be a kind of class. Why not? Okay. So Bonds, Jordan, Ali. Now, Tiger. I'd go Nicholas. Nicholas had more rivals. Had better rival. Had a better class of rivals. Who I mean, he was I'm going to defer. I'm not a he golf was expert. Be- neither am I. But I mean, he was beating. Uh, Tom Watson, yeah. Arnold Late Palmer, Palmer early Watson, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was going up by Gary Player. I mean, Inferior equipment, too, and putting up big scores. I mean, yeah. they were playing with hickory sticks. And, okay. he, do- and, yeah, and he does have a uh, scoreboard over Tiger as it stands. Yes. Too, so. Okay, I'm okay with Jack. I think, yeah, Nicholas is so dominant. Yeah. I'm going to throw something crazy at you. 
Go ahead. Serena Williams. I don't think that's that crazy. I floated her name on Twitter. I mean, she's I definitely, if you look at, I, I think that she's more dominant than any male was. I can't think of a male tennis player that would be like, and I really, uh, is Steffi Graf the competition in female, I guess? Yeah, I know. Serena is the most dominant. And she's like, still she's, dominating now. She's in, what, her mid-30s? And she's now? the greatest female athlete. Ever. Yeah, I think that uh, Yeah, I don't, I don't know that there's a lot of competition there. What about Michael Phelps? That one seems uninspired to me. 19 golds. I know. Some of them are a little cheap. I mean, listen. But it's 19 golds. It's pretty good. I mean, how fringy are we going here? Are we really going to dip into swimming? Yeah, swimming? Ho- did Jose Lean make the cut? Is he All right, Chico Lean. Listen, if I, I, I mean, our first, this is our first ever class. We're putting, <laughs> this is who we're putting in. What about Bo? Bo can't make it. In now we're in a hall flat. of cool. Yeah, you're right. A hall of cools, and I wrote a piece for Grandland, which was the best slash coolest baseball players that I had seen. And my list, my top three was Bonds, Ricky, Griffey, which in my lifetime, best and coolest, Ricky, unreal. Yeah, I mean swagger up out of his nostrils, just like incredible. Yeah, he was the best. Yeah. He was. The best. I, he he was really funny. But I, as I've said to you before, and I say again now, yeah. it's funny that history seems to have forgotten. And certainly, I, you're no one to compete with uh, when it comes to, especially the advanced metrics yep. applied to baseball. But I will say this: to my untrained eye, Randy Johnson's, like I said a second ago, yeah. five year window. Yeah. Is comparable, if not superior, to anything Sandy Koufax did, Clayton Kershaw. Randy Johnson's the best else. left-hander of all time. But isn't isn't that five-year window the great, most underappreciated chunk ever? I mean, that was a crazy. Oh well, if you just said Randy Johnson's the best left-hander, I guess you just said it all. Since well, most Koufax, people would say Koufax. Koufax, didn't, Koufax isn't even top three left-handers. Koufax, really? I'll tell you a few reasons. Number one, Koufax didn't have longevity. He had that six-year period where he was god. And before that, he was nothing. And after that, he retired. Now, he's at a disadvantage because he couldn't have Tommy John surgery and come back. I understand that. But we, can only, we can't do hypotheticals. Ted Williams went to the war. I'm sorry, Ted Williams. You're wonderful. I can't do anything with that. Koufax has these six years. Johnson's six best years are better than Koufax's six best years. And he had like 13 other really good seasons. In fact, if I'm going number two lefty of all time, it's probably Lefty Grove, which is like, you know, almost ancient baseball history. But he was tremendous. You can make a case for Warren Spahn. Steve Carlton was a wonderful. But that's somebody who was like, okay, we knew a little bit about Steve mm-hmm. Carlton. Uh, yeah, Johnson, the best pitchers of all time to me, I'm probably going Clemens, Maddox, Walter Johnson, and then maybe Randy Johnson. That wow. Was, yeah. So I'm not uh, too far off. No, Randy Johnson I, was unbelievable. I'm surprised that – And it's uh, in the middle of steroids already. He's putting up these numbers, by I'm the also way. surprised you just you said uh, Clemens, number one. Well, by the numbers. The thing is you want to look at both peak and career. So Clements had kind of these two mini peaks. One of them was he was clearly juiced out of his mind. It was like the Blue Jays and, and on period. But then he also had this like one stretch with the Red Sox where he was killer. And Maddox, Maddox's two best seasons were 94 and 95. That's when guys like their thumbs were juiced. Like it was, yeah, it was unreal at that time. And he, and he was, you know, wait a minute. I often, unreal. I do, I, I do often cite 94 and the, uh, you know, the lead story certainly for you as a, as an Expos uh, lover um, How can is, you tell? Is that that team? Well, maybe, maybe that your T-shirt says Carter and Dawson and Reigns and Staub, and someday your friend Tim Reigns will get in. Thank you. Um, well, it's got to be next summer. Oh, that's right. The last ballot. You are leading the way. Let's I'm see just how much way. juice Jonah Carey has. If he can complete the feat, yes, he appears in the upcoming movie uh, Spaceman I about do. Bill Lee with Josh Demel. Make sure you check that out if only to see the camera. April 9th, uh, August 19th. From Jonah Carey, but uh, let's see really what kind of impact you've had on the sports world. If you can get your friend Reigns into the Hall of Fame, that is the guy who's his rep, and we're, we're friends. He emailed me, he said, "Okay, you're, he officially handed the campaign to me. He said, give me all the media contacts. Like, let's just do this thing.' And in fact, after this show, that's probably what I'm going to do. I have a little spare time. Well, my high water mark for me, the things that I've achieved. What's my greatest achievement in? Uh, yeah, in this seat is about a decade ago, I got Pete Carroll and Rick Neuheisel on the phone simultaneously in front of the Victory Bell game, UCLA and USC, mm-hmm. and they agreed on my show to both wear their home jerseys. You know my love of uniforms. And wow. So get them to return to wearing their home jerseys to play one another. That's cool. And sign off on both taking 15-yard delay of game penalties. 
I mean, it's all downhill since then. I think, I think my career says as much. Well, those are two of the most beautiful jerseys in college football. I'm a big fan. I love the, the baby oh, yeah. blue, and, and I, we were Trojan season ticket holders because my wife went to grad school there, and so I was there for Reggie Bush and Carson Palmer and all that stuff. Was now, that, well, now we got a team playing in there on Sundays as well. You we do. About that. We're still working on this thing. So yes, we've got we five, are. right? We've got Jordan, Ali, Bonds, or Ruth. We'll keep that Bonds. one open. And you know what? Tweet us. What should be the hashtag there? Hall of all? Do we like that? I like that. Hall of all, hashtag hall, hall of all, and let us know your thoughts. And uh, feel free to attach uh, at Jonah Carey as well and let him know your thoughts too, especially if he's the one giving the bad ideas. I say Nicholas, Serena, we're already getting very fringy. We're not going to have hockey. I think We're not going to have hockey. Well, I mean, we'll have, we'll have it eventually, yeah. but, I mean, are we going to put Gretzky or Lemieux in? Jeez. <laughs> Lemieux is the best. Lemieux was the best. I mean, I don't know how many times we have to – because I shout it doesn't make it so, but trust me, it's so. And then there are also people in the New England area that uh, want Four's name to be mentioned too. But let's move on to NFL then at least. Here's what that one That's comes down to for me. Brady, Montana, Lawrence Taylor, the unquestioned best defensive player of all yeah. time. With a tip of the hat to Deion Sanders, I don't think all, all – I had a Deion Sanders poster in my room growing up. interesting. Half though. Falcons, half Braves. Ooh, really cool. 50, yeah. 50. Um, and then uh, who? Oh, and Jerry Rice. So the, yeah. those would be probably the four. And I know people would say Jim Brown, but that's that's the NFL. And he was playing in the people always uh, beat me up on that one. But I mean, you know, Jim Brown played in the NFL when there were like three teams in it. I mean, yeah. I, you know, it was, uh, it's not. You didn't have D Lyman running four five forties, weigh two hundred ninety pounds. I mean, it was just a different. It really thing. doesn't start until the Super Bowl era starts. Everybody, Walter Payton. In fact, if I had to vote for a running back, if I had to put a running back in, I'd put Payton in over hmm. uh, Jim Brown. But then, of course, I never saw Jim Brown play with my own two eyes, so it's hard for me really to fully weigh in on that. All right, we could do a football guy. I'm not putting Phelps in. Not in our first class. Not in our first. You, that you may, by making it six, you've really tightened it up. <laughs> like I really have to. What do you want? You want ten? Then you get Lemieux and Gretzky that or way. That fine, let's do that. So I don't have to fight <laughs> with you. Gretzky and Lemieux are both in. And Gaston Gingras. And <laughs> <laughs> Gretzky, Lemieux, Brady, and Montana, and we're gonna put Bonds and Ruth in, and that's our class. Oh, we don't have a basketball player. Oh, we do have a basketball player, Jordan. I think LeBron really deserves to be in. But then again, so maybe does Lou Alcindor slash Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And do we have to put in, if we're putting Ali in, do we put Tyson in? Do we put Sugar Ray Robinson in? Now this has yielded more questions (laughs) than answers. I don't know where to go, but Emma VP whispered a question in my ear into the headset while you were talking. Not Pedro Martinez. In your list of all time, I'm very objective about everything. I love Pedro. I love Pedro personally. I've gotten to know him. I was I um, went and did a stand up during the All Star game, suited up. Oh, this is blah 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 blah. And Pedro was right behind me, and so I finished my thing and I went over and, and talked to him. With uh, I was with Harold Reynolds and Brian Kenny, and I was wearing a tie, a red tie, or and it had little heads on it. Pedro Martinez heads on my tie, and I was talking to Pedro Martinez, and Pedro was amazed by it. And Harold said, and I, I know him a little bit from LB. He said. Can we get you on the air so you can be wearing the tie right now? So I have no objectivity, except that I do have objectivity, because Pedro didn't have the extended run. He started getting hurt toward you know that end of mm-hmm. his career. He had like eight or nine. He had five in tremendous seasons. He had eight or nine really good seasons, but he doesn't have the longevity of Clemens or Maddox. All right. And no Jim Bibby either. All right, disappointing. No um, all right, let's move on. So there's our start, but I am curious in uh, cobbling this thing together. Um, I, I do want to cobble this thing together and uh, and figure out what our inaugural class is, and then let's figure out after that group two and group three. I think this will be a fun little project yeah. for us. Now let's move on to you mentioned Grantland and uh, uh, our mutual pal Bill Simmons, of course, ran that. What uh, I'm sure you've talked about this on the Great Jonah Carey podcast, mm-hmm. and legitimately, it is great, and it covers all manner of subjects. Jonah is uh, a the Swiss Army knife of conversationalists, not unlike our pal Matt Money Smith. These are what I would call Renaissance. That's a compliment. Money's great. Um, really conversing on just about mm-hmm. anything you want. You want to yap about at any given moment. But so I'm sure you've talked about it on on uh, on your show, um, and I have heard it too. That's yeah. dismissive. Like I'm sure you've talked about it. You know, I, I'm not gonna. I only have so many hours. <laughs> um, you do have children, Grantland. What's your takeaway? It's now been what? A little over a year. A little less than a year. It was October 30th of last year. Um, 
uh, it was a great opportunity for us. It was four years, and uh, some really talented people came together who were also just wonderful, salt-of-the-earth kind of people. And I have nothing but positive things to say. It, lo it either launched or helped further propel a lot of careers. It certainly seems to be. I was case. a senior yeah. citizen by the, by the standards of the website. It was Charlie Pierce, Simmons. I was the third oldest person there. I was older than the editor-in-chief. Huh. And they recruited, but, uh, they recruited a lot of for lack of a better term, kids, 22 and 23-year-olds. Rembert Brown is now a star. Robert Mays is one of the best football writers in America. These were kids out of college, and they just killed it, crushed it with the opportunity that they had. And so I just looked at it as I was like the, you know, I was the uh, Isaiah Crowell of this team. I was like, give me the first, I'll play first and second down, and I'll just carry the load, and I'll, you know, I'll get you 4.3 yards of carry or whatever. But like, you know, the, the people who are just like coming up and superstars, like, They'll kill it and whatever. And so I filled my little Isaiah Crowell role, including getting embroiled in controversy for some reason. No, I didn't do that. But um, <laughs> I was wondering why of all the names that you might have summoned or invoked there, Isaiah Crowell. Because it's random. Because I want to go random. And because I want to impress you with my limited football knowledge, Dave Damashek. And because all the football players that I know are literally on my League of Leagues team. Go Greg Pruitt in that case. You want to dip back into history. That impresses Pruitt. me. Greg Pruitt. Um, so anyway. Do you know that the Cleveland Browns mm -hmm. had two guys, both black guys, both running backs, one wore 34, the other one wore 43, yeah. last name Pruitt, P-R-U-I-T-T. -T. There are other spellings for Pruitt, yes. but both of these guys spelled it that way, unrelated. At the same time, in Los Angeles, on the Rams, two defensive players, both surname, both white guys, both named Youngblood, unrelated. I did know about the Youngblood thing. Two guys on the Dallas Cowboys, same time. Pearson spelled the same way. I thought you were going to say there were two Septiens. I was excited. <laughs> <laughs> Drew and Preston Pearson, unrelated. I I don't know why I'm the only person who <laughs> is as fascinated by that as that's I. why you've built a football empire, Dave Damashek. It's with the minutia <laughs> like that. I think that I think that's what is, I agree. What is your Granlin was great? Is the answer? It was great. Yeah. So we we moved on from that a little bit, but yeah, yeah there it, it is good at minimum to see that everybody seems to have moved on and, and it, it validates. And Simmons what, has a new website with Ringer, and he's doing great things. And some people went over to MTV News, and some people just went out off on their own. I'm on my own. Uh, Zach Lowe's at ESPN on his own. Barnwell, Wesley Morris was a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist at the New York Times. It's it's great. It's all great. Is it in a weird way? Is it not that you're looking to be contentious about this, but does it? Do you feel like it somehow validates and and therefore? will be for decades now the uh, a thorn in the side of ESPN decision makers to say, boy, we let all that talent go. Nope, because I am a realist about the industry, and if you want to know how sports works, it works like this. Live programming makes money, and that's about it. The rest of us are window dressing. I, am not, I, do not, I do not believe myself to be valuable. I am a talking head in a sea of talking heads, and a lot of people could do my job, probably close to as well. I just try the best that I can, but people watch college football. That's why ESPN exists. Well, I, I mean, I just try to lean on what I got going for me, and that's the moneymaker. Yeah, that's right. The handsome. I don't have those looks. looks and so I, I just try to, to wear novelty clothing, and that's pretty much <laughs> how we do it. Uh, where was I going next? Do you want listen? Jonah will whip me in whatever you have cooked up, but let's get to it. Let's get to our so-called surprise game show. Even though I'm calling for it. Okay. That's the part of the surprise <laughs> is that Dave calls for it. Oh, here we go. Oh, yeah. Here we go, guys. So, as Dave said, it's our surprise random game show. I do not know, just so you know. I'm a man of great honor, yep. Jonah. I, I, I do not know the category. We're going to go back and forth. One, okay. one, one, one. Oh, by the way, you, you, you got to sit in. One thing I'm envious of you is that you got to visit uh, Onrate and uh, O'Toole. I love those guys. Man, really they're great. such That's, good guys. What they're doing is really hysterical. I, I really like, you know, they reformatted a couple times, and there's politics involved or whatever, but they found a great niche for themselves. By, by the way, my podcast, because you mentioned the diversity of it, I had the biographer of Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the show, and not long after that I had Onrate O'Toole and also musicians. And I'm like, it's just that is amazing. So mm -hmm. the fact that I could just, I'm interested in this. The person agrees. Shaquille O'Neal agreed to sit with me. It was fantastic. Produced by, if you ever heard of a little cult uh, podcast named Dave's of Thunder uh -huh. from about five, six years ago, um, Blaster Girl is the Katie producer. Levine. Blaster Girl produces that. Animal Lover. That's right. Yeah. Lovely person. She is. Um, all right. Get to it. All right. Getting to it. What was Feeney's thing? Racing cars. Well, there he wants a race car. I don't remember. Anyway, go ahead. 
So Summer Olympics going on right now. There are 39 different sports in the Summer sport. Olympics. This is what this is how you challenge yeah. us. This is your challenge. Ah, Let's see how much you're going to be challenged. I don't like this one that much, but all right. 39 different sports in the Summer Olympics. How many can you name? Can I have a, I'm, I'm can I have a paper and a pen too? I'm surprised there No, you can't. They're okay. only they're only 39. All right, do I just start reeling them off? That's you the total. Do them separately? That's the total. I'm going to go one by one here. One by one. Okay. And are we – can I say – all right, well, well, Jonah goes first. So, wait, I have, a, I have a question. Is swimming just swimming, or is it the 400-meter medley, da-da-da-da-da? Oh, that it is, must be that. That must be what you're doing, right? No, that I covers don't. it, yeah. Okay. Swimming is just swimming. I don't like this question. Okay, I'll just say swimming to start since I said swimming literally eight times. Basketball. Archery. So I can say track and field, and that gets everything? <laughs> well, now I don't know what – I feel like now we're finished. Haven't we named everything? Uh, handball. I like team handball. That's a good I love, I love. Have you ever played it? it? No, I it's love fun. It. It's it like looks basketball, fun. and you're running. It's like soccer. I don't know. It's great. Of all the Olympic sports out there, that's the uh, that that are not played in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. I think that one seems like the the most fun. I'll go with volleyball. They play soccer in the Olympics. Sure. They also play golf in the Olympics. Do they? Oh. Mm, I think it's new this year, isn't it? Or is that true? Am I right about that? Uh, How many can time? there be left once we got tr track and field? Doesn't that knock out everything? <laughs> I feel like it knocks out. I'm literally blanking already. This is a problem. Yeah, you guys have eight. Oh, I got one. 39. Okay, I got one. <laughs> so you're almost there. <laughs> this is a disaster. Uh, by the way, I really don't like the Olympics. I never watch it. I think that the oppression of it is terrible. I don't think people should build publicly financed stadiums. I think the Olympics are full of garbage. I hate the Olympics. Perfect. I'm glad I'm disqualified. I kind of agree. Screw you, Olympics. I kind of agree. While rowing will be my winning answer. Fine. That was a weird question. <laughs> Kent Brown behind the glass. Shane. The only thing here's what here's the thing. I have much respect for people who spend their whole lives. They're six years old. They train toward a goal. That's fine. The institution of it, the IOC, the building yeah, stadiums, right. it's disgusting. I can't stand it. There's no Rio has so many problems, and this is what they're going to spend their money on. The favelas are a disaster. And by the way, that's the case anywhere in Los Angeles or, or London. There's poverty everywhere. There's problems everywhere, and this is just catering to God knows what. I, it makes me sick. I do I agree, really like and I want to, and I want to join you on Mount Pius, and I, I don't mean that as a shame. no. I do. Uh, whether or not you I do. really do, I, it is disgusting what they do. But I can't help when I flip it on, and you get sucked into. I also don't have some to, of the human drama because I'm Canadian. Also, it's not like we dominate the Olympics. Like yeah. I was excited about Ben Johnson. That's the end of my dream. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't even have the raw raw patriotism thing. Like I don't, I don't, I don't have close ties to Americans. I got excited when the Hungarian swimmer won because my fa my dad was born in Hungary. So that side of the family, I have a little bit of Hungary thing in me. It's not, it's not national pride or anything. I, I'm. But 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 a lot, a lot of people competition, yeah. and the, and the other thing is that it's packaged really poorly, so that we can't watch it live. God forbid we should watch yeah, sports that's live. Worst. We have the internet, NBC. We can see these results. What I always say about the Olympics, and in fact, I haven't said it in two years now since the Winter Games, um, but uh, it's sports for non-sports fans. That's really what it is, because the rules that you normally would apply don't here. You well, no, we we want that in prime time. Any sports fan would, of course, know the answer to that, but there's these fringy events played by people you don't know, and yet, ironically, everybody turns into an expert after watching for about 20 minutes. Oh, well, you know, on her sow cow, her legs came apart a little bit there, and you're going to have to deduct a, a few points on that one. You know, everybody's an expert on who's the best and what the proper technique in, in sports that they've never watched before. Well, so they said... Somebody asked NBC this exact question, why don't you show the events live? And they said the reason is because that it's not sports for non-sports fans. And then they went on to say by, they which, said that? by which we mean women. That's what they said. <laughs> okay, so first of all, that's spectacularly offensive. And secondly, so they decide that women are only interested in prepackaged that has to look like reality TV. No, women still want to see people swim against each other and kick each other's ass or soccer or archery. or what, 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 How does that work? Are you psychoanalyzing 50% of the world's population now and their sports proclivities? It's insane. Yeah, well, I, I'm with you. You make a compelling argument. Uh, by the way, they also do diving and they do gymnastics. How about those two for Damashek? 
Well, I'm just glad you won for Team USA. We have Canada invading our country here for the Olympic battle. We figured maybe if Hank was around, it could have been England, Canada, and USA. Ah, so I see where you're motivated. Nonetheless, USA. It's, it's a Carl Lewis Ben Johnson thing. I, I, we both did steroids. Sheck didn't get caught, so he wins. We're not putting Carl. Lew <laughs> We're not going to put Carl Lewis into our Hall of Fame. Hell first no. Class. no. No, certainly no, not no, first no. Class. Um, all right, so a couple more things. Do we have black tie? Because I really would like Jonah to weigh in on um, on the second annual film festival with black tie. What would you say yep. if I told you this was a guy? What if I told you that uh, there was a guy who thinks he's a cinephile, but he's only seen 14 movies his entire life? Maybe I'm, I'm understating it a little bit, but he has a lot of conditions on what he will and will not see. Okay. What would you advise him if we've decided this year for the Olympics he has to watch eight movies, sports movies? Sports movies. What movies would you recommend? Literally last night there was a conversation in a bar about the best sports movies of all time, which I partook in. So uh, the biggies are you got to go Rocky. Okay. We're, we're looking hard, long and hard at that one. Okay. okay Hoosiers. I want Hoosiers on this list, yes. Um, so now we're going to get into like the – these are sports movies, but they're kind of bigger movies. So, for instance, Bang the Drum Slowly and Brian's Song. Both of those, like well, I don't know how you want to handle those. They're kind of a little tear-jerky, a little this, but they're certainly great Ooh, movies. Ooh, you know what? Brian's Song is great because it'll be great to find out if it makes Black Tie cry. I want to see that. Let's do. Let's make sure we have Brian's song in there. Just it makes to see everybody if it, cry. <laughs> I know, but it, but the idea of Black Tie sitting alone in his apartment weeping uh, delights two hours. Brian, so. <laughs> uh, Raging Bull. Ooh yeah, Raging Bull. Raging Bull's phenomenal. That's that. the thing is we're thinking more in terms of you know Bull Durham or whatever. But the the best sports movies are just movies that. Well, have he the should see the the most iconic, not necessarily great, but the ones that everybody knows. The classics, for instance, we made him watch last year Raiders of the Lost Ark, and he didn't like it. He I was literally just on a film podcast that's dedicated to film, and they said, what movie do you want to choose of all movies? I said, let's choose Office Space. That's a lot of fun. Great. Everybody loves Office Space. And then we just started talking about other movies. I said, Raiders of the Lost Ark might be my favorite movie of all time. I like a lot of different kinds of movies. And one of the guys says, I didn't care for it. First of all, I only watched it like a few weeks ago. Okay. And secondly, he didn't care for it. What? How? What? I don't you, understand. You need to be removed from... Civilization I mean, blasted off into the sun. Who doesn't like Rages of the Lost Ark? The aforementioned David Feeney will make a very compelling case, and a lengthy one, too, if you ask him to, about why um, Temple of Doom is the best of the three. Often, often really? ridiculed. Because it's clearly my least favorite. I mean, clearly. He will, he, I, Rare, rare is it that somebody can swing your opinion on sure. something that is subjective, and he will swing your opinion on it. So we got we want to go with the classics. So if we're sticking with classics. We could maybe put Brian Song in, but Rocky Hoosiers, Raging Bull. You know which of the baseball movies you want? There's The Natural. There's Field of Dreams. I think The Natural. Yeah, I would say The Natural. Natural's a good book too. And The Natural. Well, it's funny. We were just talking about that, and a lot of people in here hadn't read the book, so they don't know the difference mm -hmm. in, in. I took uh, baseball literature in college. That's true. That was that's, of course. That's the last question for you, Joan. I don't know if we've kibitzed about this before. Oh yeah, but we got a wrap here. But League of Leagues, I also wanted to talk about. But uh, we're gonna talk about it on my podcast too. So your okay, listeners. Okay. So will listen be able to, to the Jonah Carey podcast. At length. We're doing a home and home, and we'll do the League of Leagues conversation there. So that allows me this final question yeah. for you. Why do you? What's your hypothesis about why Hollywood hates Pittsburgh sports teams so much? Let me make the case for you. Okay. You mentioned the natural. Well, first of all, you have in heaven can wait. Joe Pendleton. You remember the 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 picture with Warren Beatty and you know Joe Pendleton is the quarterback. Yep. He's on the Rams. You know, and they play the Steelers in the Super Bowl, and the Rams beat them. Well, yes. that's that's rubbish. You know, the movie's made in like 1980. No, the Rams. Prime Steelers territory. So they weren't beating them. So, all right, that's a small dig at the Steelers. Okay. There's the movie Black Sunday based around Super Bowl X. But in, in this alternate universe, the game is disrupted by a terrorist attack <laughs> perpetuated, perpetrated by the Goodyear blimp. I'm now realizing the other movies that you're going to mention, which is Sudden Death. Why are the Steelers doing it? Sudden Death. Why? By the way, Sudden Death has my single favorite scene in any movie of all time, which is Jean-Claude Van Damme against the mascot of the Pittsburgh Penguins 
who's you know it's a terrorist inside the it's fed, uh, the comedy. What of kind the of more? I mean, symbolic or literal? That the Hollywood kills the Pittsburgh Penguin mascot. And of course, the most anti-Pittsburgh movie of all time is The Dark Knight Returns. Right? They pretend it's Gotham, but they're wearing black and gold. I Heinz know those Ward Steelers. Is the, the they blow man. the field Heinz up. Ward is wearing Ward eighty-six with silver and gold on, and, and, uh, gold and black on it, and running, and he's the only one who survives. And natural dies. when Ro- Roy Hobbs hits the home run, who's he hit it off of? The oh, Pittsburgh Pirates. I did not even realize that. And, You're right. Wow. And Roy Hobbs hits the ball into the lights, yes. and then they blow up. And while he's rounding the bases and his teammates are celebrating, dangerous shards of glass are raining down on the on the outfielders and, you know, maybe causing serious injury. Dark Knight Rises, not Dark Knight Returns. And yes, to your point about serious injury. But now you see. Um, you're, why Why would they hate a, a sleepy Berg like that? Or should I take it as a compliment that this is the beacon of sports success and so better you take down? I the, think it is because if you think about it, if you ask an athlete, you can bring Ike, you can bring MJD or whoever in here, and I think that they would say that some of them really like being booed because you're not booed until you're feared, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and respected. And I think that there's something to that. Hollywood is just booing the city of Pittsburgh en masse because they're terrified. Because they hate us because they ain't us. That's exactly Something right. like that. Jonah Carey, uh, I don't hate you, even though I'm not you. I'm proud of uh, all your success in right the last you, decade. Buddy. To watch you, really. When we were doing that show and I heard tale of, uh, you know, an ESPN.com page two writer. Oh, he's. I think he might be your speed. You might really get on with him. We had him on the show. He quickly became a weekly visitor there. And uh, on all our endeavors, we love to get Jonah Carey in here. He's one of the great minds. Like I say, not just about baseball, but about all things. Well, I've, eight years ago, you were doing stock analysis too, on top of everything I, else. That was my for, I, for eleven years. I was I wrote the flagship stock market column for Investors Business Daily, and I lived in Los Angeles. And then the sports. I wanted to do sports stuff, but there was nothing available in the nineties except the only person who was writing online was pretty much Bill Simmons, and eventually, like. Kind of did something vaguely similar to that. Pat. Now he's a movie star. He's a writer. He's a TV. Oh, I was star. on this thing called Brockmire too, which is this Hank Azaria show where they flew me, Joe Buck, Brian Kenny, and Tim Kirchin down, and we acted on the television show. That's IFC in January. That's going to be super fun. What a name dropper! <laughs> we, we've lost him now. We've lost him to show business. All hey, right. Wait, wait. Where's my fluffer? the jonah carey podcast start there go or at jonah carey tweets all his stuff out that way but the books the the like i say the podcast mlb network and so on um here he is everybody jonah carey what a pleasure to see you once again thank you sir all right and that's it then i guess we'll we'll walk now what what more are we gonna do make sure you hit us up Hashtag Hall of All. Let us know who belongs in that inaugural class. I'm going to keep it to six. No offense to Jonah Carey. I think we should keep it nice and rigid. Keeps you on your toes. We'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce later on. In the meantime, now you got to do the music again. I hope that was worth it to you. You try to rush me, and I'm not going to be rushed by you. Check it out on iTunes, NFL.com slash podcast. Also, don't forget to check out our video show from the Coliseum with Akbar. Baja Biamilla, a journey through South Central where he grew up. That's cool. Then we land. We talk to Maurice Jones Drew in the Coliseum. And we talk to the first overall pick of the 2016 NFL draft, Jared Goff, a nice fella there. Great stuff. Make sure you check that out on NFL.com slash podcast. Back later on, Fit Slice of Heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.